from the studios of Adventist World Radio in Pune. And a very warm welcome to our international English service. In our program today, we bring inspiring music, an interesting nature study. With more music coming in, we shall end our program with a message from God's Word. This is your host Sharad, and I am Maureen, and you are listening to Adventist World Radio, the Voice of Hope. Let's begin our program with a song. He'll be there to catch them when they fall 
He'll be faithful, he'll be true, and he will be there to see them through. All of their joys and trials they'll share, he'll give them love beyond You are listening to Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope from Pune, India. And now, here's a nature study. Nature Talk by Esther. Title of the talk, He Never Sleeps. Dear listener, today we're going to talk about a very tall creature who hardly sleeps. Giraffes have the shortest sleep cycle of any mammal. They sleep only between 10 minutes and 2 hours in a 24-hour period and average just 1.9 hours of sleep per day. Seemingly always awake, the giraffe has nothing much in common with most humans in that regard. If we had so little sleep, it would probably mean we had some form of insomnia. But for giraffes, it's not a sleep disorder that keeps them awake. It's just the way God has made them. If you think 1.9 hours a day is not much sleep, consider this fact about the creator of our tall animal friends. Our Heavenly Father never sleeps. Describing God's continual concern for us, the psalmist declares, He who keeps you will not slumber. Psalms 121.3 In the context of this psalm, the writer makes it clear that God's sleepless vigilance is for our good. Verse 5 says, The Lord is your keeper. God keeps us, protects us and cares for us with no need for refreshing. Our protector is constantly seeking our good. As one song puts it, he never sleeps, he never slumbers. He watches me both night and day. Are you facing difficulties? Turn to the one who never sleeps. Each second of day, let him preserve your going out and your coming in. The rock of ages stands secure. He always will be there. He watches over all his own to calm their anxious care. The one who upholds the universe will never let you down. Thank you for the nature study. We are sure our listeners enjoyed it. To learn more on nature, keep listening to Adventist World Radio. We will be studying different objects of nature because there is a simplicity and purity in these lessons direct from nature that makes them of the highest value. The children and youth, all classes of students, need the lessons to be derived from this source. In itself, the beauty of nature leads the soul away from sin and worldly attractions and toward purity, peace and God. Dear friend, death, struggle, pain and violence were not part of God's original creation. Let's discover what was the world like when God created it. To know more on God's word, you could also write to us. Here's our mailing address. 
Adventist World Radio, Post Box Number One Seven, Pune Four One One Zero Zero One, Maharashtra, India. You could also email us on Adventist Media Center at Gmail dot com. You may also follow our programs on our website awr dot org slash English program. Before you hear God's word, here's another song. Every way. 
time to hear God's word. Dear listener, why must Jesus come again? Is what we are asking today. And that is what we will contemplate on and discover from the word of God. Is there any real need for Christ to return? So far as God's children are concerned, only one answer is possible to this question. Yes. Christians of every shade of religious belief have agreed that there is an imperative need for our Lord to come back again. As to the precise character of that need, as to the particular urgency of that need, opinions may differ, but concerning the need itself, this is universally admitted. Suppose Christ never returns, then what? The present order of things cannot continue indefinitely, and such a thought is unthinkable. No one in this world is satisfied with the present conditions. Even those who despise the teachings of God's word hope for a better day, a golden age, an era of blessedness, such as this earth has never yet witnessed. Here is one big reason why we believe the Redeemer must come back again. And the reason is, Christ's return is necessary because of the Old Testament prophecy that has yet to be fulfilled. The many prophecies of the first coming of Jesus are closely connected with the second coming. The Messiah fulfilled all the prophecies that were written in the Old Testament concerning his work of the first coming. It is very apparent to anyone who has read thoughtfully through the Old Testament that the first advent of our Lord did not exhaust the burden and scope of the numerous predictions which had been made concerning him. Some of the predictions he fulfilled at his first advent and some he didn't. Why? Because those events are to be fulfilled at a latter day, when he comes the second time. Let me quote two or three examples of the Old Testament scriptures where Christ fulfilled a part of it and is yet to fulfill the other part of his single verse. Isaiah the prophet mentioned the work of the Messiah in the famous passage of Isaiah 61 verses 1 and 2. It reads, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and the day of vengeance of our God. Jesus was well aware of this prophecy, and as soon as he was anointed at baptism, he drew the attention of his hearers to its fulfillment. During his first visit to his hometown in Nazareth, 
On the Sabbath day, Jesus did the scripture reading in the synagogue. And he read from the very passage of Isaiah 61, verses 1 and 2. You can read of this incident in Luke chapter 4, verses 18 to 21. He concluded in verse 21 by saying, I quote, This day is the scripture fulfilled in your eyes, unquote. But if you notice carefully, Jesus deliberately left out one portion of that prophecy of Isaiah 61 verses 1 and 2. Jesus stopped short of reading that whole verse. Jesus left out this phrase, I quote, The day of vengeance of our God, unquote, Isaiah 61 verse 2. Why did the Messiah leave out this passage of scripture? Simply because this was not to be fulfilled at his first coming, but at his second coming. The day of vengeance of our God did not take place at the first advent of Jesus, but will take place at the second coming of our Lord when he returns as judge. This is why Jesus will come back to fulfill all the remaining part of the Old Testament prophecies about him that he didn't fulfill, which was not meant to be fulfilled at his first advent. Look at another example in Psalm 2, which is a Messianic psalm. It begins with the first coming of Jesus and ends with the second coming of the Lord. Psalm 2 verses 1 and 2 declares, Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. This happened when Jesus was tried by Pilate and Herod and the Jewish Sanhedrin. But verses 9 and 12 of Psalm 2 takes us down to the second coming of Jesus when he will destroy his enemies. Psalm 2 verse 9 says, Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Verse 12 says, Kiss the son, lest he be angry, and he perish from the way, when his wrath is kindled but a little. Jesus did not come with a rod of iron the first time. He came to carry our sins and die on the cross. Yes, the Son of God is coming back with a rod of iron, metaphorically speaking, as Revelation 19.15 also declares regarding his second coming, where he is going to sit as judge of all the world. Just one more example we will look at from the first prophecy of the coming Messiah given in Genesis 3 and verse 15. It says, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, 
and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Genesis 3.15 is not a single prophecy, but a compound one, and at least seven separate predictions are included in it. We will just look at a couple of them. Yes, at his first coming, Jesus literally received a bruise on his heel at the cross, and Satan got a smack on his head at the cross. But the devil is still alive and active and is working with more wrath and determination than ever before the cross. The complete fulfillment of the devil receiving the bruise on his head will take place later. The woman or the church will also literally trample the devil under a foot. The apostle wrote in Romans 16 and verse 20, I quote, And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly, unquote. Not only the serpent, but also the seed of the serpent, that is, all the wicked people will be trampled under the feet of God's people one day shortly. Malachi wrote of this event taking place. Malachi 4 and verse 3, And he shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet. In the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. We just saw three Old Testament prophecies which Christ fulfilled partially at his first coming and he will fulfill it fully, the remainder of it, at his second coming. Yes, many of the things foretold of the Messiah were not accomplished during the days when he dwelt among us. Many of the promises found in God's word connected with the person of Christ still await their fulfillment. While it is true that the first advent of the Lord literally and remarkably fulfilled many of the Old Testament prophecies concerning him, yet it is also true that many others were not then fulfilled, but it will be fulfilled at his second coming and after that. So, Jesus must come again to fulfill the prophecies of the Old Testament scriptures. Dear listener, search the scripture and you will discover Jesus. Open your heart to Jesus for he wants to come in. He wants to live his life in you. Won't you allow King Jesus to fulfill all your dreams in your lives? He is able. Open up to him. God bless you. Shall we pray as we close? Dear Father in heaven, bless this child of yours who is listening to your word. May this child be led by your spirit and may Jesus lead your child today and forever in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Here's another song. scriptures says your world is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path psalms 119 verse 105 indeed my dear listener what a treasure we have in god's word the holy bible is relevant to today's issues and gives solid guidance for daily living with this we have almost come to the end of our program to learn more on god's word We would love to receive your letters on Adventist World Radio Post Box number 17 Pune 411001 Maharashtra India You could also email us on adventismediacenter@gmail.com We invite you to follow our programs also on our website that's awr.org/englishprogram This is your host Sharad And I'm Maureen signing off from Adventist World Radio. Do join us again along with your family and friends. Until we meet again via radio, we wish you goodbye and God bless you.